My question to South Carolina Senator Mia McLeod was simple. Did you always have aspirations to run for office, to be an elected official, to be in public service? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I had no aspirations whatsoever of ever running for office. Why did you decide to run for governor in this moment? Why is this the right time to run? This is a, it was a very long and, and decision for me. Senator McLeod said working in the South Carolina legislature for more than 10 years has prepared her, a Democratic lawmaker from Richland and Kershaw counties, to lead the traditionally red state as governor. does have the courage to lead and, and the guts to govern, and that is who I am. Um, if you look at my record, that is who I've been throughout my time as, a, as an elected leader, and even before that, I think a lot of people may not realize that I worked for a Republican Attorney General, Charlie Condon, um, and uh, right after law school, and started our state's first violence against women program at a time when women were, when South Carolina was number one in the nation for women who are murdered by men, and then went on to be appointed by a Democratic governor, Governor Jim Hodges, and led the, um, the, the state uh, crime victim compensation program. So I've got, you know, very a very diverse background and I will I'll put my experience and and my relationships and and just my um, you know just my work and the things that I've done up against anybody's record making history as the first black woman to run for governor of South Carolina. Do you believe that fact will make a difference in this race and, and should it make a difference? I believe it will make a difference, not just because I'm the first black woman to run, but because we have not had a governor who has spoken to the issues that are um, on the hearts and minds of South Carolina's women and girls. And uh, that needs to change. One of the reasons that I launched from Bennettsville, is, which is my hometown county, is because I believe that Marlboro County epitomizes um, the true state of our state under Governor McMaster's leadership, um, especially when it comes to, to critical issues like equity in education and quality access to, to quality health care. Um, you know, as someone with sickle cell, it, it's bothersome. It, it's so disheartening still that we live in a state where the same hospital that I was a patient uh, at as a little girl is now closed. And that is the case for so many rural communities like mine um, because we have a governor who has refused to Expand Medicaid. 
about just other issues like infrastructure and broadband and racial justice and and economic opportunities and environmental justice. I mean, there are just so many issues that we need to be prioritizing. South Carolina law enforcement chief Mark Heal announced in June that more people were murdered in this state in 2020 than in any single year on record. What is your plan to reduce crime across South Carolina? That's a that's a great question because one of the things that I know we can do um, to reduce crime and recidivism uh, is. You know, South Carolina is, and I, I'm, I, I don't think that we're unique in this necessarily, but we have always been a state that has high-paying jobs and that are that are, you know, uh, available, and people who don't have the skill sets to fill those jobs right here in South Carolina. So, you know. We have a governor right now who is pushing um, people off of unemployment benefits, federal unemployment benefits, and I, I believe stayed to um, earlier and sooner than they should be. Um, and I, I, I don't understand how he can do that um, in good faith. As people are trying to recover from a global pandemic and not think that we are well on our way to um, seeing more crime, he spent much more of his time during a global pandemic prioritizing issues like fetal heartbeat and other anti-abortion bills and um, firing squads and and open carry. And those aren't issues that the people, everyday people of South Carolina want us to to be focused on. They deserve better leadership and they deserve somebody who has the courage to lead and I am that person. South Carolina did join a legion of 45 states that has an open carry law. Did you vote for or against open carry in South Carolina? I I definitely voted against open carry um, in South Carolina uh, for a myriad of reasons. Uh, the, the main reasons, though, is because I am black, and my sons are black, young black men, and I believe that open carry basically means open season on people of color, and that's what we've seen across the nation, even in states that don't have open carry. So I am deeply concerned. I'm, a, I'm concerned about about my my family, my friends, my community. I'm concerned about the economic impact that it's going to have on our tourism industry. I'm concerned about why we're prioritizing bills like that when there's so many other pressing issues that we've already talked about. You introduced a bill to decriminalize marijuana and uh, to provide for the regulation of marijuana. Why was that important to you? That was important to me because there are so many um, young men and women who are incarcerated, um, particularly young men of color um, who are incarcerated for, for, oh my gosh, for just 
crazy um, numbers of years for simple possession of marijuana. And I am, you know, one of the other bills that I introduced that passed with bipartisan support in 2018 was the Disturbing Schools Bill. And I introduced the decriminal, the marijuana decriminalization bill for many of the same reasons, because I believe it's just being used as a pipeline. I mean, we are putting people of color in jail for simple possession of, of marijuana um, at alarming numbers. And these are folks who, um, you know, I mean, they they serve so long that many of them, you know, the they they never get out of that cycle. It is a vicious one. Vice President Kamala Harris visited South Carolina recently, and I noticed you welcomed her in a tweet that was punctuated with a pink and green heart. I believe it was. How important yeah. is the support of historically black colleges and fraternities in your success and your aspirations as an elected official? Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's critical. Um, I, I am, um, of course, I'm a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority uh, Incorporated, as is my Sara, uh, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. And yeah, the Divine Nine is, uh, I, I'm sure um, they were, instrumental in her success and they will be instrumental in in mine um and i i'm just grateful to be a part of of that uh the the sisterhood and, and brotherhood are you know that has been life-changing for me um my mom was an aka and she is now deceased so she is an ivy beyond the wall my father was an alpha, um, an alpha man, a, a, a lifetime member of Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity, and you know that all of that has has shaped who I am. And uh, so the d- members of the Divine Nine are my family; they are my extended family. And just as they came through. Um, I like to say they showed up and showed out for Kamala. They will do the same thing for me. Well, Senator Mia McLeod, you've been very generous with your time. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you. I appreciate you for reaching out. Thanks so much. this episode of Let's Talk. Let's Talk is produced by David Dixon and Eric Johnson. I'm the host, Carolyn Murray. We welcome your comments and advice on our podcast, so please write a review and share the link with others. Thanks again for listening to Let's Talk. Goodbye until the next time. Music.